Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Top of the evening to you. How are we doing? Very well. Hey, it's, it's lovely to see you um, here for this very special International Soup Festival featuring a church service beforehand. So um, it's lo- lovely to be here. There's some delicious smells brewing outside. I, there's um, a Mexican soup, a Moroccan soup. I've prepared a, a, a chicken pho, a Vietnamese kind of noodle soup as well. So um, there's a few options. There's also a dessert soup in the form of mulled wine, which is going to be delicious as well. Um, well, I looked at it. I was like, it is a dessert soup because it's got nearly the same ingredients as a pho. You've got your star anise, your, all that kind of stuff. This is enough of me. Um, I'm Tim, by the way. Um, I thankfully am not speaking tonight. We, we have what is, uh, I've never, this is my first experience of a nines, but supposedly it's a thing and I'm really excited for the thing that it is because in, tonight we hear three different mini sermons from three of our very own people who aren't Vic or myself or one of the regular faces, which I think is really cool, right? Because like so often it can, um, I don't know, like, oh, how do I put this? So often it can seem like that, that, like there's this thing that the person who usually preaches has the monopoly on truth and is the way, what they say is like what, what the way of God is like. But I actually think it's really beautiful when we hear the voices of normal everyday people in everyday lives and congregation members because it's actually our voices collectively that build up a, a picture of what God's like. You know, it's like no one person has the monopoly of truth, particularly pastors uh, as well. So um, today we're, we're blessed to have Carly and Joel and... Um, Trent sharing with us. So with a warm round of applause, I would love for you guys to invite Carly up with uh, claps and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, um, Carly is from Wellington. Is that cool? Yeah, originally Wellington. She, oh, not going to say that joke. She was... (laughs) No, 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 no. You, 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 can, you can say it. Um, and then she's just last year finished up her what, Bachelor of kind of Theology Ministry at Kerry Baptist College, which is cool. It's lovely to have you sharing with us. So I'm going to hand this over to you and you can roll with it. Thanks, Jim. Uh, his joke was about me actually hearing about women's rights, um, which is true. So that's, yeah, so I left the Brethren's. Uh, that was the joke. Okay. <laughs> which is a legit truth, so there we go. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm Carly, for those of you who haven't met yet, and it's a real privilege for me to be up here since I'm still super new in this place. Um, So let's just dive right in. We're talking about pilgrimage at the moment, and specifically we are on the road with Jesus. So I was thinking about the idea of pilgrimage and journeying with Jesus, and I thought there's something that Um, It's kind of important for that to be a lifelong, sustainable journey, Uh, and that thing is rest and Sabbath. So we're going to talk about that. I feel like the topic of rest is one that's been coming up more and more over the last few years as we kind of start to understand just how obsessed our society is with busyness and hurry and productivity. It's like it's become a competition, like you want to be the busiest person that you know, 
And it's almost like it's a little bit embarrassing if your life isn't filled to the brim with stuff. I would go as far as to say, and you can question me on this, but I'd go as far as to say that busyness and hurry have become a culturally accepted addiction for us. We work ourselves to the bone and we just keep on going because our identity and our value can so easily get tied up in what we're producing and how busy we are. In contrast to our culture, uh, the society and culture we read about in the New Testament. Sabbath was literally the law for them. Rest was ingrained into their daily and weekly and yearly rhythms. There are arguments to support the theory that the Jewish day actually began at sundown, so it started with rest. And at the very least, their biblical and holidays like Passover and Sabbath as well began in the evening. But these days, I think that the purpose of Sabbath has been warped. Sabbath being at the start of your week, like it was back then, supports the idea that, it, that resting is first, so that everything we do is out of the overflow of that. Whereas now, rest has become something that we do just to recover from our week. So I'm here with you tonight talking about this as someone who doesn't get it right all the time, but I'm on the road. So if it's all right with you, I want to share with you a little bit of my journey. I'm going to even if it's not all right with you. Uh, So my journey with this stuff starts coming up six years ago. That was when I became a Christian. Uh, And there was about a month there right at the start where I wasn't serving in the church, but I was pulled into the youth ministry really quickly because I was the only young woman in the church, so they needed me. Um, And since then, it's kind of snowballed because God called me to ministry. Thanks, God. Uh, So it's been six years of pretty high-level serving in the church. Beyond the ministry stuff, I moved cities. I studied full-time, and I sometimes had a part-time job alongside that and church placements, and I tried to maintain some sort of social life. In my first year in Auckland, I had a friend actually tell me that my Google calendar made her uncomfy because it was so full-on. But all of the stuff that was in there was stuff that I enjoyed, so it didn't feel overwhelming to me. I was in a really good space with it until I wasn't. The problem with trying to maintain a schedule that makes other people uncomfy because it's so full is that it's really easy when you're doing well, but it's super, super difficult to maintain and sustain that when you're functioning on 20% or even on 75%. So the last six months of my life have been a God-enforced break uh, off the back of some pretty bad burnout of six years of serving and not really ever taking breaks. So I've had some time to reflect on this stuff. Now let's look at Jesus and his relationship with rest and Sabbath. I don't have the time to go into lots of detail about one example, so I thought instead I'd give you kind of an overarching view of Jesus' relationship with rest. There are lots of examples of Jesus taking time to rest and sometimes that rest looks literally like him sleeping and other times it looks more like him going off on his own to pray. And there are a lot of different reasons that he rested. He rested after a victory. He rested before making a big decision. He rested after some heavy full-on ministry where he had to give a lot of himself to people. And he rested when he simply had had enough of people, which I'm sure all the introverts here can totally relate to. 
and he rested when he was up against a big task. I think this is a really important thing for us to note, that there isn't just one type of rest and there isn't just one time for rest. I actually think that rest and Sabbath are different things. Oh, I have not been doing the slides. There we go. Uh, <laughs> rest and Sabbath are different things. But they're both really, really important for us. As humans, we need the chance to slow down so that we can connect with God and ourselves and others better and we can love God, ourselves and others better. We need time to stop and be with God, which is Sabbath. And we need time to just stop and not do productive things and not feel guilty about it, which is rest. I love the fact that Jesus shows us so many examples of incredible ministry, of healing and miracles and teaching and preaching, but he's still never in a hurry. There's always time for him to stop and rest. And there's always time for him to go off and spend some time with God and pray. So the example has been set for us. Jesus was literally God. Yes, he was fully human, but he was also fully God and he still needed breaks. So my question for you is, why do you think that you don't? Unfortunately, tonight I do not have the answer for you on how to Sabbath better. I think that that's probably something that you need to work out on your own because what works for me may not work for you and vice versa but I encourage you to make it a priority. Rest and Sabbath are essential for us to better knowing and loving God, ourselves, and people. I wonder what it would be like for us to flip things on our head, on its head. It's countercultural for us to place value on rest over productivity, but it wasn't in Jesus' time. Rest first, action second. Sabbath should be the start so that everything we do can flow out of that place of rest. Just imagine how much more your life could be, how much healthier your relationships could be, how much more energy you could have for everything you need to get done. We spend so much time being busy and tired and busy and tired, but I think that our lives could be so much more than that, and I think Jesus wants our lives to be more than that. None of us are robots, I don't think, but if you are, no judgment, this is a safe space, all are welcome. But for those of us who aren't, rest is actually necessary for our survival. And we, so we need to stop apologizing for resting. It's actually a necessity, so it needs to become a priority. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carly. I, I feel very stoked that we've got um, you here sharing your wisdom with us. It's been lovely getting to know you over the past, what, three, four, five months or so? What's so? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's been, a, yeah, I love that idea of starting with rest and starting from that right space and everything flows out of that. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much. Um, our next guest is, is a man from England, not Northern England, he tells me strongly. He's not a Northerner. He's... Um, I'm sure he can explain why. Why don't we clap Joel, Joel up there. Now, what if I have notes on Joel? Um, Joel's been here in New Zealand for about a year. He's a cardiac physiologist. 
Uh, North, yeah, North Shore Hospital. And he is potentially an unhealthy two or a very healthy eight on the Enneagram. Yeah, we're not sure. Jury's out on that. <laughs> wow, what an introduction. Hey, guys. Um, so sometimes... Close to Is that better? So sometimes I help out at the kids' work. And this morning, I was helping out. And it was a bit of a quiet moment during kids' work. We were watching a video. And uh, one of the kids just crawls up to me and he whispers, Are you a famous YouTuber? Because my brother says that you are. Uh, so a bit about me. I'm actually not a famous YouTuber. Just to make that clear in case some of you were confused. Uh, using my nine minutes, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a story. This story happened very early on in my time here in New Zealand. I decided I was going to go on a bit of an adventure by myself um, in Riverhead Forest. Oh, I don't know if I have slides, but maybe I'm not sure in Riverhead Forest. And so, uh, yeah, so this is perhaps going to give you a clue about what the story might involve. Um, so I, um, first of all, I did what all good people do, and I looked at the map, and I kind of had three thoughts about this map. One, like, what is going on with this map? Like, very confusing. Um, number two, there seems to be a lot of paths in, in Riverhead Forest. And number three, perhaps a most fatal um, of the... the is because there are lots of paths in Riverhead Forest, it will be hard to get lost in Riverhead Forest. So I set off. Um, it, was a, it was a lovely day. Um, the birds were singing in the trees. All the animals, the woodland animals came out. They were singing as well. Um, that's my story. Um, and so um, about an hour into the journey, I realized perhaps I was... Um, not quite going where I was meant to be. Instead of, I was planning to walk across the, the south of the wood. I'd taken the bus, and I was going to walk down into, into Riverhead and then catch the bus back home. And um, it was about an hour into the journey where I realized I was really heading in the wrong direction. And uh, to cut the story short, um, over the next two hours, I would then proceed to wander around the forest, um, taking wrong turns, uh, retracing my, t um, my steps, looking on Google Maps, um, which wasn't very helpful. Um, this is what Google Maps looks like when you're in the middle of a forest. And um, finally, though, I felt like I was on um, the right track. Um, the path was leading me closer and closer to Riverhead, and I could see um, the, 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 the road, the, the houses um, through the trees, um, and then the path stops right at the power line. And I see that I have a gauntlet ahead of me, a 50-meter run of bushland before, in the distance, some houses and a road. And I think to myself, it's too late to go back now. I'm kind of flustered. I'm frustrated. This is like two and a half hours stuck in Riverhead Forest. And so I just think, I'm just going to have to take the plunge. And so I, I push into the wood, batting through ferns and brambles and climbing over tree trunks until I reach the thickest bit of the bush just before um, hopefully emerging out at three of the forest. And I don't know if you guys have ever been sat in your back garden and seen like a red-faced bald man burst out of your back hedge, um, take a second to kind of get his bearings and then just run full pelt across your garden Luckily, no one in Riverhead has had that either because there were no witnesses to this. But I did emerge in a garden and then had to quickly escape. Now, why have I used so much of my time to talk to you guys about um, me getting lost in the woods? Well, we as a congregation 
have been thinking a lot about spiritual journeys, with pilgrimage being the current theme of our, you know, our, our talk series. And I really feel like um, sometimes these journeys lead us close to God, we feel connected to God, but sometimes our journeys can take us through a bit of a, a spiritual wilderness. Um, we might feel disconnected from God. We might be unable to understand his plans and purposes for our lives. And um, yeah, we might just feel like God's being really silent. And I feel like my adventures in the wood are a very good summary of how my spiritual journey has been um, while I've been in New Zealand. I I think I left the UK feeling a really strong calling to come to New Zealand. Um, perhaps God had great, exciting plans when I arrived. And over the last year, although it's been a, a very happy year, I felt a little directionless, um, a bit uncertain what I'm meant to be doing, how long I'm meant to be here for, um, you know, what God actually wants me to, to be doing. And I think a lot of us might have moments in, in our lives where we do feel a little bit spiritually lost. Uh, for me, I don't think I dealt with it very well. Over the last few months, I think my reaction to being lost uh, is to be very passive about it, uh, to, to kind of put the, the, the pressure on God. You know, oh, God, I'm feeling lost. I want you to do something about it. And while you're doing something, I'm just going to keep myself busy. I'm just going to wait for a, you know, a sign from heaven or, or, or something. Instead, I kind of just maybe like Carly a little bit, just filled my life, my schedule up, um, being busy, um, really just to distract myself from the fact that I just didn't really know what I was meant to be doing, you know, and, and didn't really know where I stood in my relationship um, with God. And so, uh, yeah, that doesn't work. We kind of know that doesn't work either. Um, when you don't do anything, guys, not much happens. So that... Yeah, that's that. Um, instead, I think we need to be taking the opposite approach. We all kind of know that. We just don't like that. And so for me, um, instead, I've been trying to take a more active, hands-on um, approach to my relationship with God. And so uh, what does, the, what does the, the Bible have to say about this? And when we're, oh, this is, this is the start of the private road that I kind of burst out and onto and down um, in, in Riverhead. Uh, oh, this has turned out. Oh, it's better on the screen. It's bad on here. But so um, I've just selected a couple of verses, and I won't, I'll let you guys read them because you're adults. Uh, but just to kind of summarize these is that God is, is there to be found if we want to. Um, but really, we need to take an active role. We need to have our heart in it. We can't be half-hearted when we seek out God, when we seek to kind of um, push through the wilderness um, on our journeys. Um, instead, we need to take a really active uh, and diligent job of doing that. So what does that look like practically? Well, very much like Carly says, it's difficult to give um, advice to each individual. I can tell you what's been working well for me, and I'm not going to bore you with the fundamental things like, you know, read your Bible, pray more, set aside time, because we all know that that's good stuff and the stuff that we should, should be doing. Whether we do that or not, I sometimes not. I think one thing... Vic talked about Trove, which is a Tuesday night group that meets. One big takeaway that I found from going along to that is that creativity is so important in our relationship with God. A bit like a kind of long marriage, sometimes you need to, you know, spice up your relationship a little bit. And what, what better spice is there than creativity? So uh, you guys, um, 
I'm not going to tell you, you're probably all more creative than me, so uh, you guys can be thinking about what you can be doing, whether it's trying different places, doing different activities, uh, listening to different new voices. Um, all of these things can be helpful in, in, in spicing up our relationship, in, in getting us through that spiritual wilderness. Uh, the second thing uh, I would recommend is perseverance. Don't just expect things to change overnight. Uh, a bit like going to the gym in January. Uh, we can't just expect to walk out looking like, I don't know, John Cena after the first week. Uh, you know, things take time. We've got, to, we've got to build the muscles, the spiritual muscles. Um, and then the third thing I want to say is I find myself very ruled by my emotions. My relationship with God is so dependent on how my day is going, when it doesn't actually have to be. So that's the final thing. I'll just close by saying, um, I wouldn't say that I finally made it out of the woods on my journey. It's definitely still an ongoing process. However, I'm hopeful that when I eventually arrive out of this period of wandering, much like bursting out of a bush in Riverhead Forest, I might find that the journey has led me out of the wilderness and to somewhere spiritually new and unexpected. Thank you, Joel. Let's very spice up your relationship with Jesus, eh? Like that's some strong, that's some strong imagery. I've never would have put those things together, but thank you. Very helpful. Very helpful. Um, cool. Well, that's two down. Um, this third, this third nine is a it's a very special nine because Trent is going to come up and share a bit of his story. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, come on up, Trent. Uh, let's give him a hand. So, Trent. Trent just got baptized this afternoon, which is pretty exciting. I'm going to get a mic. This, so how this nine's going to work is that um, I will ask Trent some questions, and it will be more interview style. And then uh, towards the end, what I'd love to do is invite a couple of us to come up and pray for Trent uh, and pray over him. Um, how does that sound? Cool. Perfect. Well, do, check, check, check. Check, check. Cool. Check, check. Hand it this one? This one. You can go this one. Um, so Trent, like this is this is very exciting. But before we kind of like get to your kind of like faith story, like what's your back? Who are you? What where are you from? What do you do? Like how do you end up in this place here? Yeah. So uh, my name's Trent McDonald. I um I actually live maybe like a hundred meters down the road. Um, <clears throat> so I suppose towards uh, how I found this place was actually um, I bought a place not so long ago um, around the corner, and um, it would have been 2019. I, I looked at re, rejoining a church, and and I ended up going along to church with um, a friend who um, lives in Whangaparaa. Um, and a little while after being there, I suppose I um, I had recognised this place from my balcony and decided to to walk along and try it out. And um, yeah, I've been loving it here. So the signs were worth it. Whoever yeah. put the signs on the top of the building, like, like. I um. Besides that, yeah, I, for work I do um, like project supervisory uh, work in, in air conditioning, mechanical services for construction. And, um, yeah, it's a little bit of... It's cool, it's exciting. Me. And you got baptised this afternoon, which is, which is such an awesome decision. And it's like quite a, it's a significant rite of passage, right? It, like, it's, baptism is it's a, it's a symbol of essentially like dying to yourself and coming alive to, I guess, the way of Jesus. It's like, and again, I was saying it this afternoon, it's not so much a, I've arrived, it's actually a, 
it's a, when in scriptural times people would believe and be baptized, and it, it wasn't the final destination, but it just set the direction of their life that they were choosing to follow Jesus in a public kind of serious kind of commitment way. So this is a huge decision. What kind of you you mentioned that you'd been in church before, and this was coming back to church. What led you, I guess, to choose to get baptized now, say, than rather than like six, seven years ago? I, I suppose for me there were uh, probably quite a few. Um, internal struggles that, that I had. I mean, um, I'd been going to youth group at, uh, for quite some time, um, and a various, uh, a few different ones, I've been going to a few different churches, but for me, um, I suppose, I value family, and um, a big thing for me was having um, uh, family being there, and I wanted to feel um, good enough, and um, I wanted my family to experience it and, and be there with me so which um, thank, uh, thankfully as well um, I had uh, my mother there um, and my brother today as well um, who yeah who both don't go to church but um, it's really lovely because uh, my mother lives in Tauranga so she made the journey up to, to come along as well so. oh that's awesome mm. that's so mm. cool and was there um, was it like a, a at one moment, like three months ago, you're like, I need to get baptized. It was just this slow kind of bubbling away. Yeah, so um, for, for me, I, I suppose, the um, moment that I, I really remember that I had seen people getting baptized and um, it was probably a season that I, I felt in my heart that I wanted to do it. It was probably in the, the mid to late 2000, uh, 2000s. Mm. And um, actually... Uh, about oh, a couple of months ago, I was sitting around a table um, with some friends, and we're talking. Uh, I was talking a little bit about myself, my journey, and um, and my walk with God. And I suppose not so long ago, um, yeah, Tim was uh, preaching a message, and something prompted me to come up and ask him a little bit about baptism and about getting baptized myself, because I suppose it was something that was on my mind, and. Um, I suppose it's never too late, and it's probably like, yeah, uh, you know, no better time to do it than, than now. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. And would would you have any encouragement for for people here in terms of like what you've learnt within your journey of this, or I guess how you're learning new things or experiencing new things? Yeah, I suppose there was um, <clears throat> there was something that I um, briefly shared at um, at my baptism mm. as well that I. I wanted to share tonight, uh, which was part of the reason why I wanted to get baptised. And so I suppose do um, home group uh, with um, a few people at this congregation. And um, at, we've, uh, we had been um, doing a word study, and there was one word that I kind of... Um, it was a word study on, on sorry, God's character. Mm-hmm. And there was one word that I kind of came away with, which is uh, love and in particular, God's loyal love. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, it was something that I, um, I was aware of, but I had, hadn't really paid too much attention to um, or, or delved too much into. So like I suppose in, in the Bible, um, you know, God makes these promises and he fulfills them because he loves us. And so part, yeah, part of that reason and part of the reason why I wanted to get baptized as well was um, to... Um, to fulfill uh, my promise to God and I suppose, yeah, show my loyal love um, as well. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. Well, Mm. Trent, it was an absolute 
privilege to be able to baptize you and be part of your journey. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. And I guess our coffees and chats over the past three months or so, however long it is. Um, Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.